Well, it's good to be speaking uh, into something about that, that really we've already been experiencing this morning so wonderfully. Thank you all that have uh, just been uh, encouraging us with what you feel the Lord put on your hearts. It's been so, so helpful. I was going to start really by saying um, kind of a bit of an analogy that for the Christian, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is like fish to a water. For the Christian, the Holy Spirit is like fish to a water. We're not meant to live on the banks of God's presence, kind of flapping around. We're meant to dive right in and swim, if you like, be in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, to breathe, to have our lives in the Spirit. For the Christian, your life, our lives are characterized by a life in the Spirit. For a Christian, this Holy Spirit is like fish, like water to a fish. And uh, then I was just thinking about seals. I don't know if you've, uh, um, we have them near here, don't we? Up near, I forget where it is, but in the sea. Horsey, that's it, yeah. <laughs> A bit more specific. And I don't know if you've seen them when they're on land. They're kind of, particularly the, the larger they get, they're just a bit ungainly. In fact, sea lions, sea lions are kind of, they can do a few tricks. You know, pretty impressive sometimes. There's one called Marcus, actually, who was, um, where, where did we see him? Quite impressive, young sea lion. About 10 years ago at Great Yarmouth, it stuck in my mind for some reason, I don't know why, but uh, he could like, I don't know, balance a ball in his nose and stuff like that. Okay, but when it came to kind of moving around, he was just kind of lolloping about a bit. It was just kind of a bit ungainly. Clever, yes, but a little bit ungainly. But have you seen them when they go in the water? Suddenly, everything changes. It's just like this, this work of art. They're kind of swooping and swimming and gliding around. I don't know quite how they do it. They're barely moving their bodies, but they're, 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 they're made for water. And really, this is that, that's an analogy for life as a Christian. We're made to live and breathe and have our being in the very presence of God by the Holy Spirit. It's, it's what we were made for. An analogy is never exact, of course, and this one falls short because Jesus talks in even more intimate terms about our relationship with the Spirit. He says it's not just something that we dive into or wade into. It's something that bubbles up from within us, not something we go to, but something that's in us that bubbles up and flows out of us. So close is our relationship with the Spirit and God's desire that we should be a people of the Spirit. So whether it's described in, the, in all kinds of ways, isn't it? Whether it's falling or flowing or a fountainhead that kind of bubbles up. We're a people of the Spirit. And so it, we're exploring that in our current series. We want to press into that. God's put it on our hearts. He's encouraged us about it. It's kind of prophesied and spoken about as you go through the Old Testament. Jesus says the Spirit's coming, the Spirit's coming. He tells his disciples, wait and you'll receive the Spirit. And so we want to press into that and make sure that we are living in the good, living in the water, living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit and have all that God has for us, that we're not kind of flapping about, but we are swooping and we are uh, living our lives in the Spirit. And so our current series is called Life in the Spirit. And we're, it's not a mystical thing. This is the birthright of every, every Christian, every follower of Jesus. So we want to make sure, we want to encourage one another to be living in the Spirit. And we want to unpack what does that look like in different aspects of our life. In fact, in every aspect of our life. And so this morning, we're looking particularly at hearing God by the Spirit, hearing in the Spirit 
if you like. We've looked at praying, worshipping, serving, and now let's, let's encourage ourselves, encourage one another, what it is to, to be a people who hear God in the Spirit, who know the very presence of God with them, and hear God um, amongst us. And uh, we'll, go, we'll hopefully get a time to pray and to press into that uh, as we kind of uh, draw to the end. But I want to read you a passage. I mean, we could have gone pretty much anywhere. You could have almost opened the Bible at random. In fact, you could have done, and uh, it would have spoken about this. But I want particularly to go to Acts 13, verses 1 to 5. Which says, Now there was a church at Antioch. And in the church there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John that was there to assist them. And the verse that kind of, uh, I don't know if it captured your attention, I perhaps read that a bit too quick, but it jumps out at me. The Holy Spirit said, what extraordinary words to read. The Holy Spirit said, the church was gathered and the Holy Spirit says, right at the heart, right at the center of this passage, the voice of God amongst his people is the hallmark of his presence among them. The Holy Spirit said, the person of God was there by the Holy Spirit, and was speaking words to his people. The Holy Spirit said. God is a God of revelation. It's, a, it's part of who he is. That's why he reveals himself. That's why we have this. That's why he sent his son. That's why he scattered the stars into space. That's why he spoke everything into being in the first place. He's a God of revelation, of revealing himself, of, of displaying what he is like and sharing his goodness and his greatness and his glory. That's who he is. He's a God who reveals himself and so really part of that, as the Holy Spirit is amongst the people of God, we hear the voice of God, the words that God speaks, God himself speaking to his people. This is an extraordinary, wonderful, glorious few words here. The Holy Spirit said, it's so powerful, so personal. And I don't know about you, when I read them, I have a, there's an appetite that grows, there's a thirst that grows. I want, I want to hear the voice of God more in my life. We want to hear the voice of God amongst us. It's, it's, this is part of, of like a seal swooping and swimming in the water, not on the banks, kind of dry, but hearing our Heavenly Father speak to us. The Holy Spirit said. Now, I suspect this is such a deep need in each person, whether you're a Christian or not, that people seek it in different ways. And they often kind of go down the spiritualist route or the mediums or the horoscopes or Perhaps in a, in, a, in a more kind of, uh, they see, you seek praise from, from people around you in different ways. I mean, that's great. It's great to encourage one another. But it can be a substitute for God's voice to us as we start to work extra hard that people will praise us. As maybe we want praise for how we look or what we do. It can be a substitute. We're made for our Heavenly Father to speak to us. We're made to live in the water and breathe this water of our Father's voice to us. The Holy Spirit said that's, that's how we're to live our lives as followers of Jesus. Sometimes even our own inner voice can be a counterfeit for the voice of God. When you, people talk about positive thinking and 
kind of positive affirmation. And I kind of, I, we understand that, that that's helpful in some ways. But if it's not the voice of God speaking to us, we're like a dog chasing its tail. We're kind of telling us things. We think they're true. We hope they're true. Are they true? They're not grounded. It's because the real thing is the Holy Spirit saying to us, the God who spoke the universe into being, the God who is the ground of reality, the God who loves us, speaking to us in words. It's, it's the air that we breathe. It's the atmosphere that we're to live in. It's we people who walk in the Spirit. It's the voice of God. The Holy Spirit said, I want that more. I don't know about you. It, when, the, when God speaks, something happens. It's like a, an electrical circuit is completed. Because when God speaks, that's when faith comes. And we're people who live by faith. That's how we live. What has God said? Well, I'm going to trust that and respond to that. And in order, in order for faith to come, for faith to be born, for faith to, to appear in us, we need to hear God. What has God said? I'm going to trust him. And then power comes into our life, and the Holy Spirit begins to move, who in fact was involved in all of that whole process in the first place, opening our ears and then speaking God's word to us, and then imparting and growing faith in us, and then empowering us as we step out in that. This is how we're supposed to live and walk as followers of Jesus. It's what life in the Spirit is about. I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty to hear God more. I'm hungry to hear God more. I need to hear God's voice to live, to, to go through the day, to do what, what often it needs to be done. We need to hear God's voice, the voice of our Heavenly Father, and there is no substitute for it. We want more and more to be a people where the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit says, what a glorious thing. And so my question is, as I read this passage, how can we cultivate a context where God's voice is heard amongst us more clearly, more frequently, more accurately, and more fruitfully? How can we cultivate a context? And wonderfully this morning, we're, we're, we're hearing God together, but we want more. We want more of that. Each one of us wants and needs more of that as we follow Jesus. How can we hear God more clearly, frequently, accurately, and fruitfully. And just in this passage, I noticed well, four words that particularly helped me as I began to think about these things. How can I press into this life in the Spirit, which is my birthright, which is your birthright? How can I live my life in the way that it's meant to be lived, in the context of the Holy Spirit said? What are you? There are four encouragements, four words in this passage that we'll, we'll linger on and, uh, and encourage ourselves with into this life in the Spirit. And the first one, again, is something that we've just enjoyed this morning. The first word is worship. Worship. This is the context in which they heard God. They, the Holy Spirit spoke in the context of worship. Worship, focusing our attention on the Lord's. Singing and declaring both his greatness and his goodness as it is revealed to us. He has, he's a God of revelation. He reveals himself to us. And there's a response in worship to that revelation. We've heard him. We're responding to him. There's something people talk about called active listening, isn't there? Where you, you, you listen, but you listen attentively in a way that you respond and you engage with what is being said. It helps you understand. And worship, in a sense, is a little bit like that. God has revealed himself to us so wonderfully in the person of Jesus as a God who's taken his, our sin upon himself and paid for it on the cross and risen again gloriously to new life and then invites us to put our trust in him, that we'd be united with him. And even though we die, we will live. We have a hope and a future. This is how God has revealed himself to be in the person of Jesus. Sinners like us who have become sons and daughters in God's family through the work of Jesus. This is this is even more glorious than the stars in the sky and the heavens look amazing when you kind of see them 
outside of a city. Glorious. But here's the real glory. Like, this is what God is like. And in worship, we respond to that. We, we sing it. And singing is something it's from the heart, something when you kind of speak out and you sing out loudly. It's wonderful to hear kind of Andy just kind of sing, uh, sing God's, God's kind of encouragement to us in a prophetic kind of expression of love to God as well. When you sing, there's something of emotion and passion in that. And so it's wonderful in worship and praise to respond to what God is saying to us already, what he has revealed to us. It's a deeply spiritual activity. This is, again, this is a swooping and a moving in the spirit. Worship is very much part of how we're meant to live our lives, just in thankfulness and gratefulness, singing out from the heart all the good things of God that he has revealed to us in the person of Jesus. The Holy Spirit allows us to recognize those things, throwing the floodlights on Jesus, as I remember Goff many years ago so helpfully saying. It's kind of the work of the Spirit to, to point our attention towards Jesus. The Holy Spirit applies these truths to our hearts. It's, they're not just up here. They're, there's something that we know. We're swimming in this atmosphere of God's blessing to us. It's a work of the Spirit. And the Spirit kind of working with our, with our spirits to cry out and sing out to God as our Heavenly Father. It's a work of the Spirit as we worship. But of course, worship is more than just singing. Wonderfully, it kind of, uh, has wonderful expression in that, in that way, in praise. But we can worship with every part of our lives as we minister to God, as we give him our attention, as we do what we do for him. As we lift our eyes to heaven in sometimes even the mundane tasks that we're involved in. I understand that sometimes tasks are so complex that um, you kind of, you're not kind of continually aware of God's presence, but even going into them saying, Lord, this is for you. This is for you. As we step out of our doors to, our, to work, as we, whatever it, it is that God's called you to as you, as you wake up and step into the day, this is for you. This is why I'm doing it. It's an act of, of worship and service to you, my heavenly Father. Would you be with me through it? Would you empower me through it? Every aspect of our lives, our whole lives can become a spiritual act of worship. Again, that is what it, this, this is the seal swimming through the water. This is a Christian life following Jesus, the life in the Spirit characterized by worship, giving our Heavenly Father our full focused attention based on who He is and responding to it in this active way of worship from our hearts. And of course, the relevance to, to listening to God and hearing God by the Spirit, hopefully it's reasonably straightforward. But if you want to hear someone, you give them your attention. It's very difficult to, to hear someone if you're doing something else, you're not aware, aware of them. Obviously, you can go, oi, and somebody can call out to someone and get their attention. But if we want the, the bandwidth for the, the richness and the depth of communication that our Heavenly Father wants with us by the Spirit, we need to give him our attention, our full attention, and listen and respond actively in worship to those things that he is already speaking and revealing to us. This is the place to hear God, to fix our eyes on him in the person of Jesus. There's a guy, I know some of you, have, I've already introduced you to um, my favorite 17th century monk uh, called Brother Lawrence. And uh, I just, he's really kind of an inspiring guy in some ways. Just going about his daily duties, his mundane tasks in the kitchen, this is what he writes to describe this kind of life in the spirit that he is enjoying in the everyday aspects of his life. He says, Touched with deep regret, I declare to him all my evil deeds, ask his forgiveness for them, and abandon myself into his hands to do with me according to his will. 
This good and merciful king, far from chastising me, embraces me lovingly and makes me eat at his table and serves me with his own hands and gives me the keys to his treasures and treats me in everything as his favorite. He converses and takes endless pleasure in my company in countless ways. The more I see my weakness and wretchedness, the more I am caressed by God. This is how I consider myself from time to time to be in his holy presence. My most normal habit is to simply keep my attention on God and to be generally and lovingly aware of him. I often feel myself attached to God with sweetness and satisfaction greater than that experienced by a nursing child. It's something of life in the Spirit, of knowing the care and the love of God, of knowing his forgiveness. And I love that. His particular favorite. His particular favorite. I wonder if you know the love of God for you as particular favorite. How can that be? There are so many of us. How can that possibly be? It's because we come to God in Christ, the only begotten Son, eternally Son, We are brought into that relationship that was always there between father and son, where the love of the father was just poured out in full measure, in full strength. There's no sin around. He just loves, he loves, he loves his son. And as you put your trust in Jesus, you're born again. Your life is united with Christ. You're in Christ. And being in Christ, we're in the Spirit. And in the Spirit, we come into this relationship, this father-son relationship, And we know what it is to be loved by God. In part now, I know, but that's what we press into. This relationship that's been won for us. Do you know the love of God for you is his particular favorite? It's the love of God for you in Christ. It's a characteristic of life in the Spirit. We can press into this. We can worship God. We can draw close to our Heavenly Father in the Spirit. We can do it in corporate worship as we've done this morning. It's wonderful. We can encourage one another in it. We've been enjoying the real blessing of God of these last kind of few weeks and months, haven't we, as we gathered together. We've enjoyed the presence of God, and as we've worshipped together, we've known the presence of God, and we've known His voice. It's something we do weekly together. It's something we do in our life groups as we gather together in one another's homes to, to enjoy the presence of God, to worship God together, this active listening, responding to what he has already revealed of himself in the person of Jesus. We can worship in our daily devotions, in different times of day, especially as we wake up, perhaps as we, kind of, we go to bed. We are, Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your kindness to me, even as we started our time together. Lord, thank you for your mercies to me. Thank you for your presence to me. Lord, I just thank you for all, all the goodness that has come to me. Thank you that, that I'm in Christ, that you love me that way. It's worship. It's a great place to hear God, and we can worship with every aspect of our lives. As I say, God can call out to us and get our attention, but that's not the way we're supposed to live as Christians, as followers of Jesus. It's in the Spirit, enjoying this quality and depth of communication that we were created for. So that's the first word, worship. If you want to hear God, if you want to be a people that hear God, let's be a people who worship, who press in and worship God in the person of Jesus. The next word is fasting. It's fasting. Now, fasting is something we do to, or can do, to turbocharge our everyday walking in the Spirit. 
Often you see it in the, as you go through the Bible, when there's particular need, when people are wanting to press into God, when there's particular challenge they're facing, they press into God with fasting. Now it's important to realize that the presence of God is for free. It's not earned. Jesus has done everything that's necessary and the Spirit's been poured out. We don't earn the presence of God by praying. We don't earn the presence of God by fasting. It is for free. It's an inheritance. It's a birthright. It's something that characterizes our lives. It's not about earning his favor, but it is about expressing our need. It's part of the communication process that God has built into the fabric of the universe. And it's a work of the Spirit by which we communicate to God and express to our Heavenly Father our need. It's not a work that earns us merit from God. It's a means by which we receive from God. It's a means. So when we, when we need God more than ever, when there's a desperate desire in us, I don't know what it, what it might be. Maybe there's some challenge that we're experiencing. I don't know what these, these guys here, as they were, they, were, they were worshiping and fasting, the things that they were experiencing. But there's a hunger that came from them. Maybe their friends and relatives didn't know Jesus. Maybe there was a whole peoples they knew in different parts of the, the country and the world. In fact, they were. They knew this gospel that they had couldn't stay with them and it needed to go out. And that was a huge challenge to do that. And it would involve huge sacrifice on their part and difficulty and challenge. And there was danger kind of lurking around every corner. And they, ne- they needed God. They had him. They enjoyed his presence with them, but they wanted more. There was a hunger in them for more of what they had. They knew they needed more. And so they pressed into the Lord with not just worship, but with fasting. Fasting can mute the noisy cycle of satisfying our physical desires in order to draw close to the Lord by the Spirit. His words and his presence is the food that truly satisfies our soul. We want to hear the voice of God amongst us. We need to hear the voice of God. I don't know about you, but something changes in me when I hear God speak. Suddenly there's, there's faith rises. Suddenly there's strength for the day. Suddenly I can start doing something that before seemed overwhelmingly difficult or, or frightening or whatever it might be. God speaks, can step into it. We need to hear the voice of God amongst us. And they pressed in, wanting more of him through fasting. They worshipped because they were devoted to the Lord and they were just in awe and satisfied and delighted in all that he had revealed to them and all that he was for them. But they fasted because they were hungry for more of God's power. And this side of eternity, this, in this age, there's always a hunger and desire for more because the world is so broken in different ways, both close to us and further away, right around the world. Even right now, all kinds of different things that are happening that, that cause us to think, How, what is going on? We can press into the Lord with worship, but also with fasting. We need more of him. It's more evident now than it has ever been. The world needs more of God, more of his presence, more of his kingdom coming. Now, practically, um, I'm not going to go into much detail, but there's a booklet which might well be at the back that we produced on fasting. And I want to encourage you, if you want to hear God speak to you more, more clearly, more accurately, more fruitfully, then press into the Lord with worship and with fasting. And uh, you can actually, a, it's online, I think, as well. If you go onto our website, you can kind of scroll down. I think it's the, the one-stop uh, link down the bottom for our life groups, and you can scroll down the bottom and you'll find some booklets there. So just to encourage you, I mean, just to say the obvious, if you've not got a healthy relationship with food, then it's probably best to talk to others and get some advice and so on. But if you've got a healthy relationship with food and you, you want to press into God and hear him more, then I want to encourage you to begin to seek the Lord with, uh, 
with worship, with prayer, with fasting. The third word we're going to look at is teachers. This third word helps us understand how to create a context in which we can hear God clearly. They heard God in the context of good, sound, true teaching. People speaking about things as they really are. Reality, truth, what we would call now biblical truth. They didn't, I guess, have the the whole kind of Bible completed then. But there were teachers that were, were helping the church understand the truth of who God was and what he had said to them. This is the context in which we can hear God richly and fruitfully. The Holy Spirit helps us hear God in the context of the Word of God. This is something we need to be, um, needs to be in our hearts and in our minds to understand what God has revealed to, to us by His Word, His infallible, inerrant Word, every word of it, true, reliable. And the Holy Spirit helps us hear God in, in this Word, We have access like kind of never before, really, to the Word of God. The Holy Spirit comes to us and helps us, bubbles up within us, helping us understand and hear what God has said in His Word. He does it in a number of ways. I'll just touch on a few of them. First, the Holy Spirit helps us realize that this is true. That is a work of the Spirit. That's not a human kind of intellectual exercise. There are, you can ground it and there are very good arguments, but bottom line, this is the work of the Spirit, that this is true. This is God's Word. This is not just something that was kind of written down hundreds of years ago by kind of people who are kind of thinking up stuff out of their own head. This is the Word of God and it's true. It's the work of the Spirit that we recognize that. I was just reading about uh, Billy Graham the other day, the, um, the 1960s evangelist, preacher, and I think... Uh, kind of, what would you call him, pastor to loads of U.S. presidents, really influential guy uh, in, 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 our, in, in the world, really, well, certainly in the United States. And he was here, wasn't he, at one stage? He, he came here, and perhaps many will remember him speak. Now, he, this is his grand, grandson writing um, about his, uh, his grandfather. He says, One night he walked out into the woods and set his Bible on a stump, more an altar than a pulpit. And he cried out, Oh God, there are many things in this book I do not understand. There are many problems with it for which I have no solution. There are many seeming contradictions. There are some areas in it that do not seem to correlate with modern science. I can't answer some of the philosophical and psychological questions others are raising. And then he says, My grandfather fell to his knees, and the Holy Spirit moved him as he said, Heavenly Father, I'm going to accept this as your word, by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts, and I will believe this to be your inspired word. If you want to hear God, if you want to hear the voice of God, if you want to know what it is for the Holy Spirit to say, then can I just say, just do that That's the foundation. You recognize by the Spirit this, the Bible, as the Word of God, breathed out by God. That's the start and the foundation of hearing God. He's spoken already. It's a great example. This, I remember, actually, was I, I can't remember before I was a Christian, just as I was becoming a Christian, suddenly the realization came to me that this was God's Word. And I was someone who was like an ultra-skeptic, I didn't believe anything was true. 
And then I encountered truth in its purest form. Can you imagine someone who's kind of not had a drink ever? And um, then they come across water, the best water. This is truth in its purest form, the Word of God. It was just sweet to me. It was just, it was overwhelming. It was an emotional moment as I realized, this is, this is true. I didn't think anything was true, and then I found truth. That was a work of the Spirit. If you want to hear God, just start there. Hear God in his words. That's, oh, that's only the first thing I was going to mention about the Bible. The second thing is it's personal. It's not just something that was written thousands of years ago. It's what God wrote thousands of years ago. And it's not just something that God wrote thousands of years ago. It's a living and active word. He's speaking to us now through it. It's, just, it's not like human words. This is a living word. As you read it, God speaks to us with power and effect. You know his presence as you read his word. The Spirit is relational, personal. And as we read the Bible, read God's Word with the Spirit of God, in, in the Spirit, by the Spirit, is a conversation that's going on. We can hear our Heavenly Father's voice to us. It's not just all subjective. It's not the case that we throw out study. It's through study and through thinking things through and through teachers and others and all the wonderful resources that we have. But nevertheless, we do all those things, not to us just to understand in theory, but to hear our Heavenly Father's voice to us. So when we're reading the words, you might, I mean, something as, as Psalm, um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We can read that, we can understand the context of it and the whole richness of the whole biblical story. But do you hear your heavenly father speak to you about his love for you? You, personally, his love for you, even before you followed him, maybe now, they're not following him. It's a word as we read it by the Spirit, we, God begins to speak to us about his love for us, about his love for perhaps someone that you know that you're longing to come to know him. Do you hear God personally speak to you? Do you know his presence as you open his word and read it diligently? It's what it is to be walking in the Spirit, to live life in the Spirit, to hear God by the Spirit. It starts with his words. The third thing is, this word is about Jesus. As we read, God in this, as we read the, the God's word with the help of the Spirit, the Spirit directs us to Jesus. We don't just, if, if we're reading it in our natural selves, often you might say, well, there's a rule and there's something that doesn't kind of, I don't understand that, and there's something that, that oh, I've got to do that. Oh, it just gets really heavy. That's, that doesn't happen when you read God's word in the Spirit. When you read God's word by the Spirit, you see Jesus and you see what he has done for you. And there's a, a joy and a delight that comes to it and you're receiving God's love through that, and out of love, you want to respond. And you say, well, how do you want me to live? I want to please you, Lord. That's the work of the Spirit. That's how we read the Bible. With the Spirit's help, pointing us to Jesus, leading us to worship and to enjoy him. Jesus says, these are the scriptures that testify about me. And the Holy Spirit continually, every verse, every word, points us to Jesus, points us to Jesus. Finally, fifthly, or fourthly, it's authoritative. As we read the Bible, in the presence of the Spirit, with the Spirit bubbling up within us, with the Spirit being poured out upon us as we read the Spirit, sorry, as we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit impresses upon us that this is authoritative upon our lives. This is something we need to step out and do, not out of obligation, but out of love. And there's an empowering that as we step out and do it, God helps us in that. This is what it's like to read the Bible in the Spirit. And of course, it's going to help us now as we move on to this final word, prophets. Because if we want to hear God in other ways, 
We need to learn to hear God in his word. If you want to if you want to calibrate your hearing, if you want to grow and understand what it is that God is saying, you need to learn to do that in God's Word such that as we begin to hear God in other ways, we can, we can discern His voice in other ways. But let's start with God's Word. This is 100% what God has said. It's a great place to start. When, when we often hear God in different ways, it's a bit more muddy and murky, but there's gold there. It's like when they used to prospect for gold, didn't they? They used to kind of get in the river and they'd get hands of mud and they'd plop it in and they'd, they'd sift it with those, with those panning. They'd do it panning, didn't they? They'd pan it and pan it and pan it. And eventually the nuggets of gold would be there. And we prize God's word such that we want to hear him in all aspects of our lives and the different richness of the ways that he speaks to us. But it's mixed. The Bible, God's word, is not mixed. This is, this is like a solid, heavy, chunky bar of gold. There's no weighing that's needed. But as we hear God in other ways, we do, we do need, we, we hear fallibly sometimes. Oh, it's a bit of me, a bit of, I don't know, my idea, or that maybe God didn't say that. We need to sift it and weigh it. And we do that with God's word because we've heard what God has said. He's not going to contradict himself. So helpfully, as we come now to look at prophets, we have this in mind. God has spoken. We can hear God through his word by the Spirit. Well, let's just look at this final word, prophets. Prophets hear God's voice and encourage others with it. God speaks, to, perhaps to us, perhaps to you, in a way that you can encourage someone else with that word. This is uh, kind of what the heart of prophetic ministry. Now, when we read that there are prophets at Antioch, it's important we don't go down the wrong way. We can go 360 the wrong way. Now, that's, now that, would be the right, that would be the right way, wouldn't it? 180 degrees the wrong way. <laughs> we... You might think, oh, well, there are a few special people who could hear God and encourage others with it. And you would be wrong. That isn't how it works. That isn't how it works. It's for all of us. We can all hear God. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's your birthright again to hear the voice of your heavenly Father. And all of us can encourage others with what God is saying. Each one of us, this is just a wonderful work of the Spirit amongst us. And yet there were those that God had particularly gifted in that, in this gift of prophecy, that they were particularly known for it. They were particularly effective and fruitful in this gift, such that their whole life and ministry was coloured and shaped by it. And they were recognised in the church as this kind of gift to God, to them, this wonderful um, encouragement of God's voice amongst them. But, but hear this, hearing God is not limited to prophets. Rather, they are the tip of the proverbial iceberg that is the whole prophetic community. So when I see there are prophets in Antioch, I think... There was a wonderful God speaking to everybody in all kinds of different ways, and they were encouraging one another. As you see that the top, there were these prophets. You know, there was a whole community hearing God and encouraging one another with it. Because God has built in a kind of an interdependence one to another. We're not all the same. We're gifted in different ways. We can encourage one another and serve one another in different ways and see the church built in different ways. So there were kind of people particularly gifted, but actually all of us can press in and hear God and encourage others with it. I love the fact there were prophets, plural. There wasn't just kind of one special person who was hearing God. There was a whole kind of team 
of prophetic people that we're hearing from God. And it's wonderful when you see, and even this morning, as, as one's brought a prophetic word, there's another and another and another. As one begins to speak, it kind of, it's like dominoes, really. Different, the prophetic gift begins to bubble in different ones. And I loved it when we were at the end of our kind of week of prayer, when we were, we just had a time where we just said, let's just, you know, what's God saying to us as a church? And then one, there was a bit of a pause, and I was beginning to sweat because no, there was, God didn't seem to be speaking immediately. And uh, I was just, my knees were knocking up here, and I was going, please, Lord, speak to us. And then, then one came up and brought a word, and then another, and then another, and another. And we began to kind of flow in the Spirit together as God began to speak. And I was frantically writing these things down because I was kind of, oh, it's more than we can even pray for this evening. But this is, this is, my, this is my notes. This is what I wrote down as different people were sharing what God was saying to us as a church. And these are to be weighed and thought about, and we look at God's Word and so on, and we think about them together, and we pray through them together. But I just wanted to, just to hear as an example of how God speaks in different ways to us, and it all kind of comes together. I wrote down, this is a time of watering, a pouring out of the Spirit and prodigals coming home. This is a time to pray bold prayers, to give volume to your whispered prayers, and for fruit to fall. This is a time of one anothering, of mutual sharpening, of God's encouragement coming to one through another. This is a time of people asking honest questions that require honest answers. This is a time of God giving us gospel shoes to walk on the hot coals of our culture and not get burned. This is a time of going out with the gospel and bringing people in. And I don't know about you, when I hear that, just, there's a circuit that is connected. As God's beginning to speak, and it's, I'm sure it's imperfectly, but we discern God's voice in it, and faith begins to rise. Oh, that would be amazing. And we start to press into these things in prayer, and we start to step out in the things that God has called us to with fresh faith and expectancy. This is the richness of God's voice. We want more of this. This is how we're to live our whole lives in the context of the Holy Spirit said. So we hear God in different ways, and I, I just want to have time to pray and to, for us to hear God together in just a moment. So I'm just going to, I'll just mention really these things, the different ways God speaks. Sometimes when reading the Bible, a verse jumps out. Great. I mean, as um, Ralph was kind of sharing this morning, I guess it just that verse, that passage was impressed upon him, and he just, he thought this is going to be encouraging and helpful for us and uh, shared it with us. Sometimes just a verse jumps out at you. Often it's a thread to be pulled on. And you enter into a conversation with the Lord. Sometimes we, we, he, he reveals something to us, but it's to draw us into dialogue and conversation. So if we say, what, what do you want to say through that? What is the good that you want to do? What, what, what? And there's a, there's a conversation that takes place as God gets our attention, perhaps with a, a verse. Maybe it's a quiet inner voice, a thought pops into our mind. Maybe it's an audible voice. I used to think, oh, I'd love to hear an audible voice. That would make it so much easier. No, it wouldn't. It would not. You still, you still don't know whether it's God, do you? You've still got to discern and think and weigh about it. It just doesn't matter how God's voice comes to you. You need to think about it and weigh it still. But we, we prize it like gold, so we sift it. And we, what do they, what do they call it? Um, pan, panning for gold, weren't they? It might be a picture. Again, Helen had a, just a really helpful picture, didn't she? God gave her a picture, and I guess she must have began to ask. In fact, she did. What do you want to say through this? And she was led to a scripture and then kind of helpfully shared with us. We even had a song this morning. And uh, in fact, well, Angela was sharing some words of songs. Sometimes words of songs kind of go into, kind of pop into our mind. And we enter into a conversation. What do you want to say? What do you want to say? And then we can kind of share these things with others. Whatever it is, however God gets your attention, however he begins to speak to you, ask, ask him, what do you want to do? What is the good that you want to do? 
And then we begin to think, is this something for me, or is this something that I can share helpfully and fruitfully in different contexts? We've had some wonderful examples of that this morning. But I wonder if the band would come back, because I'd just like to, to leave us with some time to just to hear God together. We've been worshipping together, haven't we? We've been giving God our attention. Even as we've been looking at this passage, we've been giving God our attention. And I believe and I know that he's going to speak to many this morning. So as the band kind of come up, why don't you stand with me and we're going to give God our attention and ask him to speak to us. Maybe it's a long time in the business of life since you've heard God speak and he speaks in different ways to different people. It's not about how he speaks to us. It's that he does speak to us by the Spirit. Lord, we want to be people like, was it Samuel, wasn't it? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Lord, we don't want to be flapping about on the banks. We want to be swimming in the river of your spirit, of your presence. And we thank you that part of that is just hearing your voice amongst us. And I pray right now as we just still our hearts, give you our attention, that you would speak to different ones of us those things that to encourage us, to strengthen us, to comfort us, to raise faith and expectation. Ask him in your heart. You ask him, God, speak to me. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Just going to pause. Give, give God time to speak. Lord, would you...